Welcome to Homeschool Minnesota. I'm Dale Annan. Um, I am just here today with Peggy Ployer with SPED Homeschool. Uh, today we're going to be talking about all the resources that SPED has available for families who are dealing with special education or special needs children, children who are neurodiverse. Um, lately, it feels like we've had a lot of calls of families that are just needing more resources and um, Peggy Ployer and the people over at SPED Homeschool are amazing at giving you lots of resources. I was digging around on their website a little bit and it's just a wealth of information. So I'm excited to talk to you today, Peggy, and just kind of pick your brain a little bit. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, Dale. I'm excited to share with you and um, your listeners um, just how we can support and encourage them. Well, thank you for being here. Um, yeah, lately it feels like we've gotten several phone calls and just just different, you know, talk to different moms or families who are um, kind of needing a little extra when it comes to homeschooling um, their children uh, that, that may have like a, a dyslexia or they're on the spectrum. Um, it's a little bit of a different situation and they have to be a little more creative. And I just thought uh, resources is always a good way to go. And when I was looking at SPED Homeschool, I realized, man, this is a great opportunity to just bring this resource forward for everybody. So could you tell us a little bit about SPED? Sure, I'd be happy to. So I worked um, as a consultant in the homeschooling industry after homeschooling my own student who um, had learning challenges. Actually, my oldest was kind of kicked out of kindergarten um, oh. when he was five. Well, that's <laughs> was, a little rough. I am very rough. I had I had gone to a homeschool conference when my kids were toddlers, and I a lady at church was very nice and had invited me. And I came home and told my husband we were living in Oregon. Then I said, "Nope." that is not for me. <laughs> and God had other plans. Little did but, you know. Yes, exactly. So we, we kind of dove into homeschooling without any preparation at all. So I totally get where your audience is coming from. And, and that's why one of the reasons I decided to create home sped homeschool was because working as a consultant, I could put out the fire, get them, you know, at least legally homeschooling, but then I had nowhere to send them and no yeah. resources to provide. And I thought, I just can't keep doing this, keep answering the same questions over and over again, and just throw them back into the fire at home. Um, and so there has to be another plan. Yeah. So, so really God just laid on my heart years ago to, um, to start SPED Homeschool. That was in 2017. And um, we've just been creating a database basically of encouragement, resources, and just a variety of ways for parents to tap into that. Because I know every family situation is different and, and some parents prefer to, to listen to a live conversation and interact with my guest when I'm doing um, my live show or to listen to a podcast, to download it and listen to it in snippets, rewind if they need to, or just to read a quick blog that maybe has some resources you can click on. So, um, so all of that is, is what we offer, plus a, a Facebook support group where people can go in and share encouraging. Um, we, we really monitor that group really well. And, and so parents can go in there and really feel safe. And that we feel that that's really important as well. Yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, yeah, I was going through your website. And, I mean, it's just, I couldn't, I mean, I spent so much time on it and I still can't get to the bottom of all the resources. You guys right. Yes. We this. always tell parents search, don't try to read it all or watch. Yeah. We have a thousand videos on our YouTube channel. And it's just, I mean, yep. and you know, in the fact that you started in 2017, isn't that just like God to get you going before he hits us with a pen or he didn't hit us with right. a pen. Let's not yes. get all, let's not get all, you know, 
theological about it, but before the pandemic came and, and, you know, a lot of families just found themselves in such a difficult situation that they never expected. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say that, you know, too, for our homeschool community, you know, those with special needs students, I think the pandemic was just very, um, it was very much aligned with what most of our parents came into homeschooling like. And so we were probably the most prepared to handle that panic situation more than anybody else, because the majority of people who homeschool special needs kids enter into homeschooling through a panic state. And um, so, yes, we felt that that was a a huge open door for ministry during that time. That's a really good point. I guess I never thought of it that way before that most parents with special needs kids, when they enter homeschool, it's, it is a, it is a crisis situation. It is very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about, um, uh, your, you have an IEP template you said on your, on your website. And I know a lot of times families with special needs children or that have been involved with special education in the public school system. Um, they have an IEP and could you tell, just kind of give us your thoughts on all of that. Right. So um, in the past, like when I first started homeschooling, people said, oh, write an SEP. That's a student education plan, which um, which is great. Um, the IEP is basically the same thing, but it mandates right. the school, of course, to follow through with those things based on the law, the um, Students with Disabilities and Education Act. But um, when a student comes out of the public school, there's nobody you're mandating except yourself. Right. And and so that's why in the past it had been considered, well, let's just call it an SEP. The problem is, is we started running into issues when I was working for the Texas Homeschool Coalition is that um, some, some entities were requesting labeled IEPs for students in order to get funding from, from cer- certain grant programs from states. Gotcha. Um, and so... They, these, these people they were dealing with had no idea what this homeschool lingo was. And so I dove into um, researching that. And plus um, the, the director of the, the Texas Homeschool Coalition basically said, you know what, somebody wrote a, a dissertation on why homeschoolers are disadvantaged because they don't have an IEP. He said, I want you to write a rebuttal. And I thought, okay, this will be fun. And so I dug into the law. <laughs> and really, now that a parent is considered a a critical part of the IEP team, there is nothing holding a parent against writing an IEP for their home school. Of course, you're holding yourself accountable, not any school district. Right. Um, But also what this does is it creates a a track record of history of accommodations, modifications, behavioral um, plans, all of these different test scores that your student has in one place. And it makes it really a lot easier to advocate for your student, especially as they get older and move into places where they may be doing some on, on the job work, um, working with um, maybe um, somebody who's doing um, an internship or, or something with that or a trade, or if they're going to college and need accommodations, if you can show history of this working, they are more likely to say, oh, well, let's allow that in this situation too, versus saying, oh, you're just making that up because you think your child needs extra help. But if you can show documentation that over the years, this is something that your student has needed, and it's so much more easy to advocate for, even on the um, SAT and ACT, um, 
we have found that parents sometimes have had to go back and recreate IEPs if they haven't had them in place, just okay. to show that that student needs that. So, um, so we offer the template on our website. It's free. Um, and then when you download it, you get a series of emails that actually walk you through step-by-step step and give you links to every resource that we have on how to write it. So it's, it makes it really easy for you to, to kind of go through that process and, and then, um, and use it properly. That's a great tool because mm -hmm. I know for a lot of families with children who have some sort of a neurodiversity or, or on the spectrum or something like that, testing can be such a stressful thing. Yes. And if they can bring that in, then they can get modified testing for their students exactly. who's getting ready for college or, mm -hmm. you know, um, so that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Peggy, can you tell us a little bit about how you got so passionate about special education? Yeah, it, it definitely wasn't something that I had on my radar. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was out we, of necessity. Of <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, I just, as a parent, you want to see your kids do well. And, you know, I saw these, these two kids in front of me. I had a third right after we started homeschooling. And I was like, you know, there's, there's just no other good place to send them. So I have to, you know, trust that God's going to do something through me and not yeah. perfectly, but, um, that's going to work out for his plan for them, which is going to look totally different than, you know, what everybody else, um, is doing. And so, yeah, I just, I became passionate about my kids and that's what made me passionate about special education. Um, each of my kids were very much that twice exceptional learner, um, mm -hmm. had a lot of like emotional issues, um, and, and some other like learning issues with dyslexia and high functioning autism, but, sure. but also, you know, just needed to be challenged in other areas that they were gifted in too. And, you know, that pretty much across the board, that's for most kids is mm -hmm. that God has gifted our kids in areas, probably not academic. Exactly. <laughs> and no, so, so true. they get labeled with this, you know, oh, you've got this issue and this issue, but really, you know, to look at your child instead of this is this is a gift. And yes, there are some struggles, but we all have struggles. Maybe some, some people have their struggles are easier to hide, <laughs> but yeah. our kids tend to be, it's just right out there because that's yeah. something we focus on at that age. And over time, you know, I had to look out longer term, um, you know, what, how is this going to be an advantage? You know, they're hard headed now, but man, that pays off when, you know, I send my child with high functioning autism to college and he's being influenced by all these other things. And he's like, no way, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. I can see that as, as a good thing, but, yeah. um, but you have to flip that around. And so I, I just really became passionate about reorienting other parents because it seemed like every conversation I had, they're like, well, how do I stuff my child into this mold? <laughs> Instead of how can we just embrace this freedom that we've been given to homeschool so we can make it look like what my child needs? Yeah. And, you know, and, the, and I like what you had to say is that the child is not the issue. Yeah. It's you just go with their lead. You just follow them a little bit, you know, Absolutely. and just kind of see where they're where they're going with it. And especially I would think in a special needs situation you know, that just gives that child confidence. Absolutely. And when he does come across something that's a little more difficult for him, or he has to stick with it because it's math and I know yes. we don't enjoy it or whatever, but you have to do it. It gives them that, that like, I can do this because 
I get to do this over here too, you know, and it's yes. kind of works with you. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. They, they just, they learn that I, I'm not the problem. It's just that the way that some things are taught to me and, and here's how I can go around that or accommodate it and not make it feel like it's like a band-aid fix or that they need a crutch, but this is just how it works for me. And, and if you could embrace that and help your child to realize we're just figuring things out, um, you know, eventually when they go away either to college or a job, um, if they have those things in place, they're going to be confident and they're going to know what they're good at and they're really going to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think that, um, you know, it just, we just have to really do what's best for our kids. That's what we all do. Right. When we homeschool, yes. our, we just want to, we want to do what's best for our kids and they get the, the freedom and the, and the wonderful blessing of having um, parents who are invested in their exactly. education. Yeah. yeah. So tell me a little bit about, I asked you earlier about three tools um, that they can, that families right now that are facing, like I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with to having pulled my child out of public school or out of private school or, or, you know, we're starting school this year and, and I'm just not sure where to go. What are three things that are tools or tips that they can do right now to make their, their homeschool a little bit easier, their day a little bit better? Yeah, that's a good question. So my first one, and it seems like I, I always boiled this down at the end of my conversation, but I want to start out at the beginning because yeah. it, it kind of is the, what you, just how you set your framework and God is going to give you peace about yeah. where he is. And if we fight and set our own plan, you are going to become so frustrated. I can't tell you how many parents I talk to when they're like, and I bought this curriculum because so-and-so said that was a good, and, and this research says that I need to do this. And they're, they're listening to the world about how to homeschool their child when God actually made their child. Exactly. And, and there, there's going to be times where you're just going to know this is what we need to do. And maybe there's not a curriculum that you need to start with. Maybe you just need to kind of figure out where your child's at. Try some. There's so many curriculum companies out there that have samples. And yeah. it's okay to be trying that out. See what works for you. And as a parent, too, you have to love it to teach exactly. it. Um, exactly. It's not all about your child. I found right. that um, if if I was content with how the curriculum was written and it gave me, I'm not... I'm not the type that follows any type of um, even recipe. <laughs> so I found that if a curriculum told me what I had to do hour by hour, I wasn't going to do it anyway. So why buy it? You're um, a free spirit, Peggy. Exactly. I am. <laughs> and so so I just thought, okay, I need to find a curriculum where I can just pick and choose and do the things I want mm. and throw the other things out and be okay with that. Um, but But really following that peace and leaving space, if you don't have peace about something, don't do it. And don't say, oh, I've got to teach this subject and this subject. Well, you know, God will provide at some point something for that subject. Just don't try to cram it all in right away. Because um, when you do, you settle for second best instead of what's really best and what your child needs. And then you have to clear the plate, quit something, um, put a curriculum aside that you spend a lot of money on <laughs> and you aren't going to use um, instead of just starting where you need to start. Um, yeah. so that, that would just be my first, um, go to the thing. Lord and ask him. 
Exactly. And follow where his peace leads you because he's going to help you in that too. I mean, you need to lean into his power instead of just your own. And you're going to get frustrated if you think you can Mm -hmm. do it all on your own. Yeah. And you know, God, you said, you said something really powerful there. Like he created your child. Exactly. I mean, it's not a mistake. He created your child. And the other thing, the other side of that is he has a plan for your child. Absolutely. And so he is invested as well, as much as you are in making sure that child gets the education they need. Right. And it may not even just be education. It may be experiences, you know, as our kids go into, all my kids are adults now. And, you know, I've seen the different avenues God has taken them and some are easy. Some are not so easy. Um, But was I, did I do what he asked me to do during that time? Because I don't know what he's needing them to have to prepare for what's ahead for them. You just don't know. And, um, and so it's, and it's not all educational. It's a lot of life experiences. It's a lot about how the example you're setting for your kids in the moments when you're stressed out (laughs) on how they're going to handle that in the future too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. So number one, go to God, submit to, submit it to him, ask him, follow his lead. Yeah. What's the, what's the second thing that, that families can start doing? Yeah. The second thing is, is that, um, I I interviewed a long time ago, a gentleman on my show, and he said that 70% of kids can handle anything you throw at them educationally. Um, now I find that um, due to a lot of different extenuating factors, we're at about 50% of kids yeah. that can do that. Yeah. Um, it has to do with nervous system issues. Um, this uh, a variety of, th- I could go into that for hours, but, yeah. um, but anyways, exactly. But, um, so think of it as this, um, it, take a contortionist and most kids can be, you know, pretty bendy. Um, they can fit inside a box, right? Um, right. if they, they can, but some kids may have a leg or an arm or their head does, it just can't bend. Right. And so you kind of have to bend the box around them if you wanted to put them in a box. Um, yeah. and, and so think about that as a curriculum, some kids, 50% of kids can do whatever the curriculum asks. A curriculum is written specifically for an example um, student that the curriculum developer had in mind of who would be taught this curriculum. They have to do that to create a good curriculum. Right. So they're not, um, but your child, if he's on, he or she's on that other 50%, they're going to need a little bit of extra something to get, Mm -hmm. to, to deal with whatever's sticking out of that box. (laughs) Just give you that imagery. Um, Because you're not going to be able to educate the whole child because they can't bend or uh, move their brain in such a way that learns to the way that they need to, to, to grasp that curriculum. So you're going to mm. supplement, you're going to have to pull from other things. Um, and you have to be at peace with that, that, um, that even if your child's not getting what's in the curriculum, doesn't mean the curriculum is bad. You just maybe need to find a secondary one, or you need to add this subject from a different curriculum developer or something that's a little slower or gasp. I, I said this at a mache <laughs> conference years ago, actually. And, um, I said, you know, that curriculum that says it can take one year, it may be two or three. And exactly. I just heard this silence in the room and I'm like, Oh, you know, you eventually you're saving money, but yes, your child is not progressing at the same rate, but you're not creating yeah. tons of gaps 
in learning either. And yeah. that is one thing that is even more detrimental than rushing your child and, and saying, okay, we finished a year now we're going to go into the next year. Um, because you're not going to know where those gaps are eventually. Yeah. They'll show their faces eventually, but it may not be when you need, when it may be at the worst possible time for that. Student. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I had to go back. I, I had a child that um, suffered from depression and didn't realize how much math he wasn't learning, even though mm -hmm. we were doing math every day, it just didn't go in. And yeah. so I had to go back three years in math and figure out where all the gaps were. Wow. And yeah. And it's just, it's amazing how mental health and other things just really affect that learning too. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, other things to take into consideration, but. Um, and what a blessing yeah. that your child was homeschooled because it got caught. Exactly. Right? Otherwise the school would have just said, well, they're just failing, you know, we'll pass them at 30%. You know, that's what some IEPs say. And just Ugh. think of all the gaps, 70% of what that child should be learning is not being Getting learned, that. but yet they're moving them on to the next grade. And then it becomes even less. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. setting them up for failure and exactly absolutely so what would be your your solution to that like curriculum that isn't like okay so if i bought let's say i bought a curriculum that um i do need to modify mm -hmm. if if i'm a parent right now and i'm going you know that's my child they're not really fitting this curriculum what can i do Right. So I would say set that curriculum aside for a little while um, and and try to find something on the si same wavelength as where they were catching things. Yeah. Um, and it, it may be super cheap, you know, especially like a reading writing curriculum. You can yeah. get free downloads. Um, you can find like um, text with with speech or speech to text um, things. You can find audiobooks. And that start seeing what's clicking. I mean, I had a child with dyslexia who also had an auditory processing issue. So I oh. tried audiobooks. He couldn't get those either. We ended wow. up doing a video with closed captioning. And he could read closed captioning for two and a half hours straight. Yet he could not keep his eye on a page for over 10 minutes because wow. he needed that visual backup, but it was all trial and error. And he eventually actually figured it out because I was like, I'm so frustrated. <laughs> yeah, the way his brain is wired. Right, exactly. Yeah. So just, you know, realizing we got to figure out a way that works before we keep pushing forward. And mm. so take that time. Don't allow that stress to, to keep you moving forward. Okay. So setting it aside and start looking for something else that could maybe fill in those gaps and right. go back to where they were most successful and start there. Right. And you, you really do need to scaffold um, the their learning as well. I had one um, lady on our team, her daughter has a severe um, genetic disorder. And she ended up having to use three different curriculums, one from a neurodevelopmental approach, one from the left brain approach, and one from an Orton-Gillingham approach. And when she combined all three, her daughter started reading. So wow. you just realize that there's they need more. And um, so going to one other curriculum and like trashing the other might not be the best solution. It may be just you need to just kind of stack it all on top of each other. And that brings us back to number one, pray. Yeah, Ask God. Absolutely. You know, he'll equip you. He will. Mm -hmm. Yep. So number three, what would you say, Peggy? 
Yeah. So um, a lot of times when we talk about homeschooling and starting out homeschooling, we talk about de-schooling. Um, and for a typical child, just saying, you know, this is what learning is, this is what learning is not is fine. But a lot of our kids that have had learning struggles in the school have suffered educational trauma. Mm. And and they need to go beyond just the de-schooling to, um, to really healing. Um, yeah. And one of my mentors, Diane Kraft, um, she used to work for HSLDA. Um, she she wrote an article on our website actually about healing teaching. And it just, it really resonates with a lot of our parents because you cannot, like I talked about my son who was dealing with depression, learning doesn't happen when mental health issues are going on. And you really have to resolve that first before you start any schooling, because really you're just going to be talking to it, but, you know, trying to teach a child who will not absorb anything. Yeah. And so coming back to, you know, just the helping your child know that they are loved, they are special, you know, just you are embraced for who you are. And this wasn't a traumatizing experience, but we're going to do something totally different and, and not in any way replicate what the school was like for your home education. So make it fun and make it even, you know, a longer period of time than a lot of people say you should de-school. Yeah. It is going to take a while to just heal through that experience. Yeah. And I mean, what a better place for your child to get healing, but in the comfort of their home and the safety of their family. Absolutely. And a lot of times as parents too, we need to restore that relationship with our child mm -hmm. too, because um, schools they sever that parent-child relationship. They put uh, teachers in a place of authority and parents not. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so just getting on the ground. And I found that the best way to establish authority with, with my kids in a loving way was to get into their world. And, and so for my oldest, it was sitting on a floor with Legos all around me and building. <laughs> I can't tell you how much I built with that child. Um, but, he, you know, and then my middle one, I had to don some um, superhero costumes and run around the house. And <laughs> Oh, my word, that's so awesome. But, you know, they, they realize, oh, you know, this person, this my parent is willing to get into my world. Yeah. And if they are willing to do that, then that really means that they love me. That's right. And, and that's when, you know, I found for both of my kids was when we really started to develop a relationship mm -hmm. and, and they started to really trust me instead of saying, oh, you know, she's just yelling at me or doing, you know, these things and, mm -hmm. and frustrated that I can't do this, but she really cares, you know, and is willing to, to, to figure out what, what's going to work in my situation. And I, I need to listen. Yeah, that's wonderful. And you know, the other thing I just want to say too, is it's always good to ask for help. Oh, absolutely. Just yes. All of us need it. I mean, even those of us who are, who are not dealing with exceptional children in one way or another that are just trudging through homeschooling, you know, yeah. it's okay to ask for help. We, you know, we're a community Mm -hmm. And we, you know, we're here to support each other. We should be here to support each other, I should say. Absolutely. That, uh, yeah, just reaching out and asking for help is always, always a good decision yeah. because you need to take care of your mental health as the caregiver, the educator, the mom. You need to take care of your mental health as well. 
Right. And we were, God designed us for community. And I, I think we forget that with the age of social media that, you know, oh, I've got, you know, all these friends or I'm in these, these support groups on Facebook. And, you know, that's nice. I and mean, we even provide that. But that is not going to fill that need. You actually exactly. need people. You need people in your life. And if you don't have them, make that group. And that's what I ended up doing. Um, we, I found two other parents who had kids with special needs and we started basically a pod before pods existed. And we would hire teachers and, um, and do activities together, just our three families. But all the siblings within that group understood what it was like to have a child with autism. And so they were like, oh yeah, that's what my brother or sister does. So, you know, you're fine. <laughs> so there was no explanation. It, it made exactly. kids yeah. feel like they didn't have to like explain their sibling, exactly. you know, yeah. to, a, to a friend. It just mm -hmm. made it just such a comfortable thing for the whole family. Absolutely. Yeah. What a blessing. Mm -hmm. Um, I like one thing that you said to me before is you said homeschooling a special needs child is a little like unschooling with structure. Yes. Can you feel is. that a little bit? Um, yeah. So a lot of times kids need to follow their own bent um, because it is really hard for them to get aligned and to build up the mental energy to learn. And yeah. so if they're doing something that they love to do, then you can put education in that context and it completely changes how they um, they process it. Actually, I yeah. my middle child, like I said, superheroes was his thing, um, and and so if I had gave him a word problem and we use Singapore math, which is probably a bad choice, but it worked for my older one. Um, and <laughs> and I started <laughs> I started you know doing word problems about prawns and and um, you know and rice cakes and all this and and he's like you know, his mind just went blank because of course he's thinking, what are these objects? You know, <laughs> that's just the way he processes things. So when I would turn it into superheroes and, you know, and, and supermobiles or whatever, he would get the problem actually faster than his brother who is very gifted in math wow. because all of a sudden I reoriented the context. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't, I changed the problem. No, I just put in different figures. Yeah. Um, and so, but it, it changes their mental energy. Um, and so think about your child is if I'm approaching education from a, something that I think is important, that that's great. Um, and in some contexts we have to do that, like history, we can't change history, <laughs> but right, we right. can put it in a way that our child processes it better. Right. And then you're going to save yourself a whole lot of energy and um, and fatigue on your child's part, too. And they're going to get things done a lot quicker and a lot easier. Yeah. The other thing, too, that I wanted to say, and we had talked a little bit about this, too, Peggy, is, mm -hmm. you know, maybe your special needs child or your neurodiverse child won't be able. I mean, maybe it's better to look after their mental health and not push them if they aren't able to grasp something. Right. To graduate by the time they're 18. Like yes. maybe they need to go a little bit longer, but it's, mm -hmm. is it better for them to be at home a little longer, finishing up, feeling successful and their mental health is intact or rushing them through because they're 18 and now they've got to get out on their own and they've got to, you know, they got to find a job and they've got to, you know, right. Yes. Well, the second, the second thing you said is, is the stressor. Um, yeah. I've had enough kids that, that, you know, they're like, I just feel pressure, you know? And, um, and so I, when talking to parents, there's been a lot of different solutions and I think everyone is correct. It just depends on your situation. Um, so for 
for some kids, they do need that extra time to finish their classwork, to get everything that they need on their transcript so that they can use their transcript for wherever they're going next. And that's not every kid needs a transcript, actually, um, because I, I interviewed somebody on my podcast um, a while ago and, and that he said that and I was like, Oh, I never thought about that. But if they're going, you know, into work and they're not even thinking about um, going beyond that, they really don't need a transcript. They just need a diploma. Um, and so um, that that's just one one way to look at it. But but if your child needs a transcript, you can do a subject based transcript over. Hi, friends. So at the end of that episode, just as we were wrapping up, uh, we had a glitch and I don't know what happened, but it disconnected us completely. But really, you didn't miss any of the conversation. The whole conversation is there. But I just didn't get a chance to thank Peggy so much for coming and being on our show and giving us so much information. I want to encourage anybody who's struggling, um, homeschooling a special needs child or a neurodiverse child or a twice exceptional child, um, to head over to SPED Homeschool. All the information plus a couple of articles that she uh, referenced are going to be um, located in the description of this podcast, uh, links to all of that. So you can get there if you need to. I just want to just encourage you to do that. Um, and then as always, Mache, we are available to you at any time to help you, to listen to you, to pray with you, to see if we can't get you some resources that are helpful to you in some way. But uh, just take advantage of SPED Homeschool. Um, we appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day.